Ladies and gentlemen and non-binary friends, welcome back to Nerd Explosion, the weekly podcast where based on a monthly topic, I nerd out about whatever I want. As always, I'm your host Cameron. Now, we are still well in the Pride Month. I mean, hell, it's still June, so we're still going to do Pride Month stuff. So, last week, or last episode, I talked about LGBTQ characters in gaming, and today's episode, I want to go over some LGBTQ uh, characters in TV. More specifically, I found this uh, article from Insider called 47 of the Most Groundbreaking LGBTQ Characters and Relationships on TV. And I just kind of want to go through this and, you know, see what they have to say about it. And if I know any of these shows or whatever, you know, do my own opinions on them. I mean, that's why I have a podcast in the first place, you know, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, before we get into that, I do want to mention that when this episode comes out, like this will come out on the 18th, I believe. Uh, the 19th is going to be uh, Juneteenth, which is a federal holiday, which is the celebration of the emancipation of African-American slaves. And, you know. Obviously, it's a historical event, and it's a historical holiday, and, you know, if you celebrate it, I just want to say, you know, happy Juneteenth, you know, celebrate it, remember what it's about, if you're able to get the day off from work, you know, do that, but just celebrate it, you know, remember what it's all about, and just, you know, don't spread any hate, guys, just be nice out there, be nice to everyone, but anyway, with that out of the way, let's get into LGBTQ characters in TV. Now, it's no surprise that there has been a lot of LGBTQ representation in TV, especially nowadays. I feel that nowadays it's stronger more than ever. And while this article does have 47 of the most groundbreaking LGBTQ characters and relationships on TV, I'm not going to read all of them. I'm going to skip over the ones that, you know, are from shows that I've never seen because I can't give, like, a personal opinion on them. I don't have any, like, personal opinions to share, so... I'm just going to look through some of these and try to find one that, you know, I've seen before or I actually have, you know, something to say about. Starting with, despite the tragic end of Tara McClay and Willow Rosenberg on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the relationship is still celebrated. Despite Tara's widely criticized death on the WB's Buffy the Vampire Slayer, her beloved romance with Willow revolutionized the way lesbian relationships were portrayed on screen. That's all it says for that, but I do remember watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer when I was younger. My mom was obsessed with the show, and I totally, I guess I didn't realize till now that they were a lesbian couple. I mean, when I watched the show, I was like, what, maybe six or seven, so... I really did, you know, put two and two together, but now that I'm older, I look back, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, that makes a whole lot of sense. So yeah, it definitely changes the way that, um, lesbians were represented in TV, not just, you know, oh, two hot girls making out with each other. Like, no, this is just a normal lesbian couple. I mean, you know, what more do you want? Kurt Hummel was the first openly gay character introduced on Glee. Fox's Glee was often praised as an LGBTQ haven, but Kurt, the show's first openly gay character, who famously kicked a field goal for the football team while performing Beyonce's single ladies dance, had a particularly strong impact. 
In one of his most memorable moments, Kurt shared a climactic kiss with Blaine that produced little to no outrage, a symbolic moment of progress for on-strain queer representation. What's most impressive about the Glee kiss, the Atlantic wrote at the time, was that it was not endlessly teased in promos or publicized as a sweeps rating stunt. The scene itself was simple and plot-serving, not built up with a sweeping store or episode-long anticipation. The audience reaction was decidedly not, I'm shocked, but it's about time. I, I can't agree. I think I saw that scene. I don't remember where I saw Glee from. Now, I wasn't one of those people that would like watch Glee you know, regularly, but I did catch a few episodes here now and then, and I do remember that episode. Actually, I did watch the series with somebody, I don't remember who, but I watched, I remember that episode specifically, and yeah, there wasn't, you know, any big pop and circumstance about it, it wasn't, you know, there was no lead up, it was just, you know, it just happened, and everybody was like, oh, you know, cool, like they said, everybody was just like, it's about time, and I think that's definitely how you want to go about it for shows like this. Like, you don't want to make a big deal out of it. You just want it to happen. But I know from the episodes of Glee I did watch, you know, it's a really good show. I didn't watch, I wasn't a huge fan of Glee, but I was a, I was definitely a fan of like the music that came out of it. I do remember when they did their Rocky Horror Picture Show episode and they did a way better job at recreating songs from it than what Fox tried to get away with. I mean, Fox did a good attempt, but oof, I just, no, I I can't. I'm a huge fan of Rocky Horror Picture Show, and I just, Fox just, no, they just couldn't deliver the same. Glee didn't even try it. They just did songs from the musical. They didn't make the whole thing. They didn't try to recreate the whole show, so. Anyway, moving on, we actually have more from Glee in this list. Santana Lopez and Britney Pierce eventually got married on Glee. As opposed to Kurt's flamboyance, Santana and Brittany offered a more confusing, nuanced look at sexuality in high school. Neither felt the need to label themselves, and each girl's queerness slowly unfolded over the course of the show. Long before the two characters defined their relationship and eventually got married, fans could see themselves in their fluidity. For me, Brittany and Santana represent a new mode of queer figure, Lux Alp. Alptrum, Alptrum, it's spelled A-L-P-T-R-A-U-M, I'm going to say Alptrum, Lux Alptrum wrote for Jezebel in 2010 before Glee's second season aired. Fluidly sexual, comfortable with same-sex contacts, and more interested in finding happiness than finding the right label, they may not fit into the rigid structures of traditional sexual identities, but they're comfortable enough with themselves not to care. So yeah, more representation in Glee, I guess. Glee was just, Glee's just a big show for LGBTQ representation, and I mean, if you're still a fan of Glee, I highly recommend it. I think they got, I don't remember if they got canceled or if they just filmed a final season or whatever, or if they just, you know, ended it naturally, but I know it's still around somewhere. I don't know what streaming services is on, but, you know, definitely go check out Glee if you really want to, you know, see some good representation. Oh, all right. Here's a good one. As an openly gay black police officer, Captain Raymond Holt fought his way through discrimination on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. As fans of NBC's Brooklyn Nine-Nine are aware, 
Raymond Holt came out as gay in the 80s. He struggled with discrimination and homophobia as a member of the NYPD, but eventually achieved his dream of being promoted to captain and never compromised his sense of self. Now, if you don't know the show Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's basically, it's a comedy, and it revolves around uh, a unit of the NYPD, where Raymond Holt is the captain, uh, Andy Samberg is one of the people on the team, so is uh, Terry Crews, and I forget the actress's name, but there's another detective who, who goes by, um, she's uh, Rosa. Stephanie Beatrice, that's the actor's name. I don't know why when I recorded this episode, I completely blanked on her name, but yes, the actor's name is Stephanie Beatrice, who was also Mirabelle in Encanto, and in actuality, she is also bisexual, just like her character Rosa in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And, fun fact, she is apparently legally blind. Like, she can still see, but she's just, her vision is just bad enough where she could be declared legally blind. So yeah, little fun fact about that. And sorry I blanked on her name. Sorry I'm a heathen. Back to the episode. And she's actually another uh, LGBTQ character in that show because she, I forget which episode, but she came out as bisexual and she was really struggling to tell her family because her family wasn't accepted at first. They actually made a whole episode about it where she admitted to her parents that she was bisexual and her parents just did not react well at first, but then eventually, you know, came around to it because they're like, you know what? It's nonsense to be mad about this. You're our daughter. We're going to love you the same. And, you know, I actually kind of teared up at that because, you know, that's how it should be. You know, it's like, hey, I came out as bisexual. And you're like, all right, cool. Because my whole thing now, I'm going to get into a little personal thing here. My whole thing is like, you know, when I, if, when I have kids, if they come up to me and, you know, they met, you know, they don't feel, you know, they're sexuality is different they want to say that they're gay they're bisexual or if they want to you know they're trans like like if i have a boy and he's like dad you know i feel like a girl i want to be a girl i'll just be like all right cool so when do you want me to start calling you she i mean that's it that you don't have to make any pop circumstance like as as sweet as it is the people that are like oh you know we love you just the way you are like you're beautiful you're always gonna be our child blah 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 like, that's nice and all, and that's a that's definitely a valid way to go about it. But also, like, you know, you want your children to feel like you they can just come up to you with stuff like that and just, you know, just be able to admit that without feeling, like, ashamed or being like, oh, I didn't want to tell you because I was scared of what you were doing to think. You know, children shouldn't have to be scared. They should be able to come up to you, you know, come up to you, the parent, and just be like, hey, I'm this, I'm this, I'm that. And, you know, you love them the same. And if you don't want to love them the same, then, you know, you probably shouldn't have had children in the first place. Because if you're going to treat them like that, then, you know, they don't deserve to have you as a parent. But uh, anyway, I got really off topic. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, they made a whole episode about Rosa coming out as bisexual. But <laughs> one thing about uh, Raymond Holt on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, there was actually a scene where uh, him and uh, Terry Cruz's character was talking about some, like, motorcycle thing and they'll like drive in some kind of vehicle and uh raymond or captain holt made a terry Cruz drive and he said something about he made some joke about him being gay or whatever and terry Cruz's character was like are you really playing the gay card on me and raymond holt was like yas queen 
Oh my god, I love I love Captain Holt in that, in that show. He's so like I, watch Brooklyn Nine Nine. Definitely watch Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's it's a funny show. I definitely recommend it. Usually I don't like Andy Samberg because I usually think he's annoying, but you know him as a uh, God was his character name uh, Peralta, Jason Jack Jack Peralta. I think that's his character's name, but yeah, he's really good in the show too. Definitely definitely check out Brooklyn Nine Nine. Ooh, this one, this one, I know, I, I was really hoping they were going to include. Adventure Time finally confirmed Princess Bubblegum and Marceline's romantic relationship after 10 seasons. The romantic relationship between Marceline and Bubblegum on Cartoon Network's Adventure Time was expertly developed throughout the show's 10 season run. When they finally kissed on the series finale, it didn't feel like unauthentic pandering. As Polygon's Allegra Frank wrote, diverse sexual orientations shouldn't be seen as new or noteworthy since they're, quote, a part of the reality we all live in, which is true. Still, she added, it just feels hard to argue against that feeling of elation at seeing two of your favorite women kiss on a kid's cartoon. Think of all the kids who will grow up with every type of pairing normalized as former kids should certainly wish we had the chance to do so. I kind of agree with that. Like, I wish... You know, like me, like people, like people my age growing up. I'm 29, so people my age growing up, people in the 80s. You know, I kind of wish they had that same thing growing up. You know, in their cartoons, had that kind of representation in their cartoons growing up. And I will say, I'm a huge fan of Adventure Time. I actually might do a whole episode on Adventure Time at some point in the future. But yeah, it's no secret that. Bubblegum and Marceline definitely had a thing for each other, and after 10 seasons, they finally, you know, they finally acted on it. They're like, all right, we're going to get the get them together, finally, you know, it's what the people want. We're going get to them, get them together, finally, because, you know, screw Finn, screw Finn Jake, screw, <laughs> they're the, yeah, Marceline and Bubblegum are the real stars of this show. If you guys haven't seen Adventure Time, like, what are you doing? You know, stop listening right now load up Adventure Time, whatever you're listening on, just, you know, Google Adventure Time. It's a really good show. It starts off, I will warn you, it starts off, like, very goofy, like most kids' cartoons do, but after a few seasons, it starts to get really serious. Like, there's a huge bad story. Like, there's all kinds of theories you can wrap, you know, you can get from it, too. It gets really serious after a few seasons. Moving on with this list. Carol and Susan getting married on Friends was somewhat scandalous at the time. Friends has been criticized for using homosexuality as a punchline, but for its time, the one with the lesbian wedding was almost radical. It was important to us and the producers that we showed a couple that was in love, Jane Sibber, who played Carol, told The Guardian. But certain affiliates wouldn't air the episode with our wedding. They completely blotted out. Moreover, Carol and Ross raising their son alongside Carol's wife was something like an early modern family dynamic. There was no judgment in Ross's group of close friends, and Ben's family structure, though certainly seen as unconventional at the time, was embraced as the norm. Yeah, Friends you know, Friends is a good show. I, I love Friends. There's a lot of good moments. Definitely could not air nowadays. There's a lot in that show that could not air. I mean... Obviously, with the homosexuality being used as a punchline a lot of the times, and, you know, other stuff, like Ross being 
a completely toxic person, but that's a topic for another day. But yeah, that episode in particular, you know, it was a nice change of pace. It was nice to see, you know, the positive side of Riverland, them not using gay people as a joke. So yeah, definitely, definitely check that one out too. This one, I don't have a lot of experience with, but I, d- there is a clip from this show that I, I, I love every time it pops up. Lafayette Reynolds was the only character who was both gay and human on True Blood. It has been widely and convincingly argued that HBO's True Blood was, in essence, a loose allegory for the fight for gay rights. The show was dedicated to themes of acceptance, the nuances of assimilation, and diversity within defined groups. The actual gay characters are most essential on a show that explores these ideas. Lafayette, the only main character who is both gay and human, is particularly adored. His first full-fledged sex scene on the seventh season was roundly celebrated, and his relationships with James and Jesus both provide tender moments. Now, I never watched this show. I knew of it, but I never watched this show. But there is one clip from the show that, you know, I, I've, I've had pop up many times where he's, uh, he's serving food in a restaurant. He works as a cook in a restaurant, and I just, there's some guys in the restaurant that know that he's gay, so they send the burger back with the rest with the waitress and the waitress struggles to tell Lafayette that the guy said they didn't want their burgers with AIDS. Like they sent it back to they're like, we don't want our burgers with AIDS. All because a gay man made it. So Lafayette, <laughs> he took off his earrings. He's like, bitches don't learn today. He came out and he's like, who ordered the burger with AIDS? And, you know, made a whole thing about it. And <laughs> he, <laughs> He, it was, it was so funny. He's like, every burger I serve comes with AIDS. So he picked up the burger, he lit it, and he's like, enjoy, smashing in his face. And then he's like, you come into my restaurant, you eat my food how I fucking make it. And I was just like, damn, yas, get him. <laughs> but yeah, that's the only clip I've seen of that show. But, uh, do I want to watch the show? No, not really. It doesn't seem like my thing, but. Yeah, you know, if you're a fan of True Blood or know somebody who watched True Blood, you know, there you go. Lafayette, both gay and human in a show about vampires. Here's another Cartoon Network one. Ruby and Sapphire embody the celebration of queer love on Steven Universe. Cartoon Network's Steven Universe was one of the most emphatically queer shows on TV before it wrapped in 2019. The show largely ignored gender norms and there's no default sexuality. These themes are most clearly communicated through Ruby and Sapphire, who presented as a lesbian couple. The two crystal gems rejected their so-called designs and purposes in favor of their relationship. They even blended their bodies and minds to form an entirely unique entity, Darnit, a personification of their love. The underlying message imbued in Ruby and Sapphire's relationship, the argument that love is a thing we're fighting for, even when your culture ostracizes you for pursuing it, offers a rallying cry that queers from all backgrounds and unite behind, Lux Uptrum wrote for Polygon. Now, yeah, I've heard Steven Universe is a huge impact on the LGBTQ community, and it's a, it's a really great show. I, I definitely highly recommend it to anyone who you know, likes kids' cartoons. Again, like Adventure Time, it starts off really goofy, but then it starts to get really serious as, you know, the episodes and the seasons go on. It just, yeah, it's, it's a really good show. And fun fact about me, I actually 
kind of met the person who does the voice of Steven Universe. Well, I know I didn't actually physically meet him, but I've been in the same room as him because I guess he does music on the side. And uh, I forget what year it was, but he went on tour with a YouTuber by the name of Nate Wants to Battle, who had his own album out and everything. He was performing some stuff. And Zach Callison is the guy who does the voice for Steven Universe. He was performing with him. And it wasn't until I got to the concert where I was like, oh, yeah, that's Steven. That's Steven. But, uh, yeah, no, Steven Universe. Definitely go check it out. Great show. All right. Well, that's all on this list from shows that I know that, you know, I have some experience with. But, yeah, there's definitely been a lot of LGBTQ representation in TV. And, you know, we need more of it. You know, it always could be dare. It always could be dare. But, yeah, that's a lot of good uh, representation in uh, LGBTQ representation in TV. If there's any characters I forgot about you wanna you want me to talk about or you just wanna say something about, let me know on social medias. Link is in the link tree in the description. Also in the description, there's a link to help support this podcast. If you like what I do, just please consider supporting this podcast today. And you know, it really helps me out. It lets me do this better and you know, I can give my chance, you know, some wings and some treats and all that. But with that being said, that's gonna be it for this episode. I hope you guys, you know, laugh during this, smile, you know, I would be just smile in general. Do positive things out there, drink plenty of water. I've been Cameron, and as always, I will see you guys in the next episode. Nerd. 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 Nerd.